into the word for today. Take your um, Bible, mobile device, whatever you're using there, and let's lift it in the air. Let's make this quick confession. Say it with me. The word of God is the answer. The answer is in the word. Say the word of God is my answer. And the answer is in the word. Amen. Amen. All right. We're in um, an amazing series that we've been in entitled Grace to Increase. And the theme of this series is receiving the abundant life. That it is the will of God that you and I have, live, and experience an abundant life. Come on, say amen to that. And so we, we've uh, spent a lot of time talking. We opened up approving that. That abundance is the will of God for the believer. It doesn't matter if we come across people in the Bible like the widow woman. If we come across people in the Bible like the man uh, that was at the pool that was sick or the man at the gate that was begging for, uh, for uh, money and Peter said, silver and gold have we numbers such as we have. Take up your bed. It doesn't matter if we run into people that did not have who we say God is. People or, or our situation does not define God. God is who he is apart from us. Are you listening to me? And so um, we have to understand that abundance is the will of God for the believer because if it's not, then what would his will be? Listening. Number two, we, we then we talked about principles, the principles in the word of God that, that introduce us to this abundant life. We talked about the potential. Then we talked about problems. We spent several weeks dealing with problems. One problem was our confidence in the word of God to do what the word of God says that it's going to do. Today we're going to talk about the process. What, how, Pastor, I've, I've heard what you're saying, but how do I now get this abundant thing on my life. I need to get it off the paper and on my life, Pastor. And so that's what we're going to be dealing with today. Our foundational text comes, our focal scripture rather, comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. We're going to get there in a moment. But I, I want us to read, uh, well, I'm just going to quote the scripture. You go to Hebrews 4 and 2 and we'll look at that in a moment. Uh, John 10 and 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hey, Deshaun. But I am come that you may have life and that life more abundantly. The Amplifier says, To the full... Until it overflows. So, so Jesus came that you and I might have life and that life more abundantly. The abundance means to the full until it overflows. So God wants you and I to have and live this overflowing life. Say that God wants me to live an overflowing life. See, I'm overflowing in peace. I'm overflowing in joy. I'm, I'm overflowing in healing. I'm overflowing in finances. I'm, I'm, living in, I'm overflowing in my relationships. I'm living an overflowing life. Are you listening to me? And so this word thief here is actually twofold. Right? We know that in context that thief there is talking about false doctrine because in John chapter 9 there was a discussion uh, with the disciples and Jesus concerning a man that was born blind and the disciples asked the man the question, who did sin, this man or his parents? So there was a, a, a tale, a Jewish tale that if a child was born crippled, blind, either the child must have sinned in the womb or the parents did something and, and the uh, child uh, bore the condition of the parents. And sin. And so Jesus is teaching. He said, neither the parent or the child should have been a period right there. He said, but now I'm here. Just um, 
just kind of want to peruse through that. Jesus said, but I'm here, and, and my purpose for coming is to bring life. He said, now that folk tale that y'all was on, that's the thief. That, that's a doctrine that is killing, stealing, and destroying you from this abundant life that I came to bring. Right? So we know that, number one, that thief could be doctrine, right? But secondly, we do know, according to the Scripture, that the thief is also the devil. Because if we read further down at verse 20 and verse 21, those same, same men that he was talking to turned around and said that based on what he's saying, he must have a demon in him. So they thought that Jesus' conversation was being guided or led from a devil. So the thief can also be the devil. So he can come still kill and destroy. But I want to, in context, I want to talk about that doctrine. Because I believe and I'm convinced that our Western uh, uh, understanding of the text, uh, the Western culture rather, and that religion has caused false doctrines to enter the church and, and those false doctrines are keeping us away from being able to embrace the authenticity of the Word of God, right? So that now we question whether or not God wants you and I to have, live, and experience this abundant life based on our condition and not based on who He is. Now, you know what the ironic thing is? We don't, we don't, we don't go, we don't treat other relationships Oh, we shouldn't rather, but, but holistically, we don't, all things being equal, we don't treat relationships with other people based on how they've uh, had that rela their relationship with other people. You get what I'm saying? I, I'm never going to determine who you are based on what they tell me. Well, at least we shouldn't. You got it? Because, because I don't know what may have caused you and them to have that type of relationship. That's why I'm not a big proponent on facts. A lot of our relationship podcasts and a lot of podcasts now, uh, they sound good because everybody's sitting down and they went and Google facts, so they're shooting facts at you. Well, well I, believe facts, I believe facts are like emotions. They're real, but they can't be fully trusted because facts don't have to tell you the truth. For instance, the fact could be I'm a millionaire, but I didn't have to attach the truth to it that I got it by selling drugs. Because the facts don't have to give you the truth. See, when, you know, the fact is a lot of people getting divorced, but it's the truth that they didn't give you the truth of whether or not they were really doing in the marriage what they were supposed to be doing. Are you listening to me? So uh, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, our foundational scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. I said 2, but it's Hebrews chapter 4, excuse me, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 2, and here's what the scripture says. Man, I got, a, I got an amazing sermon coming down that we're going to be talking about uh, tithing. And man, ooh, okay. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, are you with me? As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So now watch this. I'm going to say something. Jesus wants us to live an increased life. Come on, say that. Jesus wants me to live an increased life. Now, catch this now. He bought it and he brought it. He bought this increased life that has now been made available to you and I with his body and with his blood. Now, you know what's so awesome about that? You ever heard the cliche about blood, sweat, and tears? Do you know that that's kind of how you make your money? We shouldn't, we shouldn't get it from the tear part because when Jesus died, he took 
uh, the, sweat, the work by the sweat of your brow. That's the teary part, the, t- the toiling part. He took that back out of it. Sometimes we work hard so we sweat. But, but blood represents life. You actually make money with your life. It's an exchange for what you believe your life is worth per hour. Or if you're willing to accept giving up your life for that amount per hour. Trying to get you to see something. So, so Jesus bought this increased life with his blood. He worked for it. He bought it with his life and then brought it to us. Woo! Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Okay, okay, okay. So now, um, so how do we bring this life of abundance or this life of increase into our earthly experience. Now notice in Hebrews 4 and 2, uh, it, why it, or it, the word, why didn't it prosper? And the Bible says it did not prosper, not because it did not have the ability. The Bible says that the word did not prosper because the people that heard the word didn't mix faith with it. Mm, listen carefully. They didn't mix faith faith with what they heard they thought just hearing it was enough please lean in stay with me now this word mix this word mix the Greek meaning of this word means to combine or assimilate it means to mix with it means to temper together means to come on say temper together the the prime root of this word is a Greek word and it, it denotes union with or together. It, it actually means companionship. Watch this. It means resemblance. It means possession. It means completeness. Right? And so what the scripture is implying is you and I, like Kool-Aid to water, would be us to the word. That it's not just the word. It's us and the word. And it's us mixing with the word. Because you just can't take the pack of the Kool-Aid because it says Kool-Aid and open the pack and think that you're going to get water coming out the pack too. No different than you go to the grocery store and you want some brownies and you see that box right down there. And you see them brownies and the box is telling you that the brownies are in the box. But you take the box, open the pack and try to eat the box hoping you get what's on the cover without mixing. It is. It's in the box, but it got to be mixed. There's some action to the box or with the box that has to be done by the person that bought it in order to see what the box can produce. So just because you got it don't mean that it's going to get. You got to mix with it. You got to mix with the box. You just can't sit it on the dashboard of your car, on the back of your car. Or just on your coffee table, open up with the baby hairs in it. Ha, you, ha, you, got, ha, you got to mix with the body. You got to mix with it. It's just sitting there open to your favorite scripture. ain't going to do nothing. You got to mix with it. You got to come into companionship with it. Are you listening to me? And the Bible say it didn't profit them because they heard it, but they didn't mix with it teaching good now most of the time people tell you that the word don't work have never mixed that's like telling me that tang tang ain't good if you ain't never mixing with water and drinking you don't know tang y'all know what tang y'all too young y'all may not know y'all may not know what tang is 
Okay. <laughs> so listen to this. Listen to me. Stick with me. It is not enough to be happy about knowing God wants you to increase. It's not enough. If there is never an experience, happiness will turn into frustration, and eventually you will backslide in your belief. He did not give us the word just to read it. He gave us the word to experience what it says. Did you hear what I just said? You, 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 you read novels and you read, you get what I'm saying, books, non-fictions, right? Although that is a form of experience that you will have with them, if nothing more than just a mental experience that you have of, of mind exploration of being able to see the story lived out in your mind. But this Bible was given to us to be lived out, to, to live it out in the earth. Are you listening to me? And so Mark chapter 5 talks about a faith process because the Bible says they didn't mix faith with it. So let's look at this faith process real quick. And this faith process has some four to five components. I added one, normally it's four, but by revelation I got a, another component. And faith takes ears, faith takes heart, faith takes mouth, faith takes hands, and sometimes faith takes a seed. Come on, right where you know it. Come on, go with me. Faith takes hearing, come on, believing, speaking, spirit fingers, actions, and sometimes a, and sometimes a seed. And so here it is. With our ears, listen carefully, we hear the word and we get it not only by memory, but we should be getting it by saturation. Amen. The purpose of us needing to hear the word is so that we can get saturated in that word like a sponge in the water. You ever notice sometimes you take that sponge and put that sponge in the water and it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> I just heard a country word, it doesn't sop up that water right away. It don't because it's, it, 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 it's hard, it's hard and, 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 and the, 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 the things that is, you, you got to get in that water so that the water can soften it up and loosen it up so that it can become uh, salable, whatever that word is, and, and, and then all of a sudden, water gets on the inside of it. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't get saturated the moment you put it in the water. But eventually, it enters into companionship with the water. It enters into companionship with that palmolive. So much so that when you think it's out, you wet it again, and, and what it was saturated with shows back up. But if you don't keep it saturated and you send it over to the side, it'll dry up like it's never been in the water. That's why some people, they, people don't get in church, they don't stay saturated in the Word, they become dry Christians. You got to get saturated. You got to hear the Word. You got to hear this Word. You'll never operate as a husband if you're not hearing the Word. You'll never stay committed as a wife if you think that I do at the altar is just going to do it all. You got to stay saturated in 1 Peter 3, saturated in Ephesians 5, saturated with love language books, saturated in the church, saturated around a community of other married folks that's, that's intentional about making it work. You got to stay saturated with loving them the way they need to be loved. Saturated in communication. If you don't, you sit it to the side, you're going to dry up. Here's what dry up sounds like. I don't feel like I'm in love no more. Well, a sponge that hadn't been in water for a few days don't feel wet. Ain't that right, mama? Don't mean the sponge don't work. 
It just had to get in companionship with a certain environment. Are you listening to me? Second, that second component was hearing. Hear it, the heart, or the heart rather. The heart deals with our believing. See, we have to believe the word we have received in the now as being the truth that the word is our final outcome. That the word of God is my final outcome. I, am re- I start out with the word and I finish with the word. The word is not something I get to after I've exhausted myself of all natural means. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Things will be added. See, to the believer, things are add-ons. They're not necessarily things we work hard to get. They're add-ons because when we seek God first, he said, I'll add them things. So, so, so actually, there's some things that we work for that we may not have had to had we sought him first. He could have added them to us. You, you know sometimes you can get an upgrade on your rims if you just ask. But if you're willing to pay it, I can put more money in my pocket while I say anything. That third uh, component was our, our mouth, and our mouth deals with our speaking. See, we have to align our mouths with the Word of God. Uh, Proverbs 8, uh, verse 18, 20 says, A man's belly shall be filled with the fruit of his lips, and with, with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Amplifier says whether it's good or bad. That's Matthew 18, 20, 21. You've got, we've got to control our mouths because you're going to have what you say. So we got to learn how to speak faith. We speak faith in the now. Are you listening to me? And then that last component was our hands. Our hands, not the last, uh, the next component, the fourth component was our hands, and hands deal with action. That means that we're acting on the word. See, there's a danger in complacency. There's a danger in you securing you a little, a little nest, you know, a little nest egg. You got your financial emergency account. I believe we're supposed to have that. Six months, six months to a year worth of saving of what your house, of what it would take to run your house. So if anything happens, you know what I'm saying? We good for six months to a year. We can, we, we ain't got, we're not, we're not financially stressed in this area. Now, although I got that in place, that is still not my source. I got that from the source to do it, but that's not my source. You know what I'm saying? You may have some up under the bed, some in the shoebox. That's okay, but that's not your source because one day you can leave the house, and if everything burn up, what you going to do? Now your source is gone. Well, you should have never made that your source anyway, right? Watch this. I got a God that never dies. I got a God that can't be burned. I got a God that's with me always. God is my source. So if I lose resource, I never lose the source. And as long as I'm connected to the source, he can always move me to more resource. Come on, say, God is my source. If you are a Christian, God is supposed to be your source. It's not a title that we just hold up. It's a title that we live out. Amen. So you've got to put pressure on yourself. Watch this, though, for movement. You've got to put, you've got to be willing to put personal accountability, personal pressure on yourself to move in faith. Faith is not sitting still uh, all the time watching God. There are some things that I have to pray about and leave in God's control. But most of the time, those are things that pertain or that deal with the um, partnering of other people because I can't control the action of someone else. 
So I have to stay in faith and believe God that that Holy Spirit is moving on the heart of that person or and or persons to do what they need to do so that this coin which has heads and a tail side becomes spendable. But but apart from that, most of us, we're not moving. You got to force yourself to move in faith. You got to take the step. Oh, glory. Because that's an action to faith. Are you listening? Now, and then that fifth one is sometime a seed. And the seed provides the access. Come on, say the seed provides the access. I mean, I'm, I'm totally convinced in this seed sowing principle. That's how Pastor M.I. survived and how we live. We're huge seed sowers. See, our seed solidifies our position and opens us up to our supernatural resolve. Our sowing sets in motion the supernatural. But now listen to you. You got to move from the place of giving money. You, if you see it only as money and don't see it as a principle being activated, then you're missing out on what it's all about. If you see it as an envelope, if you see it as just checking a box or putting an amount in a digital platform and hitting give, no, 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 you're in the wrong faith disposition. I am operating in a principle. I'm operating in a kingdom principle, and on the other side of that principle is a promise that God will if I do. Hallelujah. And you got to become convinced of that. Uh, there have been several times that, you know, members have brought to me, Pastor, this all I got, and they give me change. I put it back in their hand. I say, wrong position. I can't receive it like that. There's nothing you can get because you only see it as change. You don't see Every time you got to see it not as money, you see it as a principle. A farmer, listen, a farmer will take you. You will discredit one seed. But the farmer doesn't see a seed. The farmer sees a principle. And because the farmer sees a principle, he sees the crop. In his hand. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it, man. I'm trying to wake y'all up, man. See, you see a seed and then you will say, what can this one thing do? The farmer, because he understands a principle, he say, give it to me and I'll show you. You will throw away what the farmer will see increase in. You see a seed, a farmer see a tree. I just got to use my skills to put it in the right environment and give it time, and I'll show you what it was all the time. God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get y'all to see something, man. It's oftentimes why we miss it in our giving because we don't, we come, our approach is wrong. Our understanding is wrong. You know, uh, Pastor Rem and I, we were riding through our old neighborhood the other day, and I was just looking at it, man. My heart just really began to fall for my new, for my, my community. Even so, I was like, man, you know, I would love, you know, to really move back in my community. She said, you move back. <laughs> you know, I just got Tomeville all down up inside of me. You get what I'm saying? I love my hood, my, my community. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and I lost my train of thought what I was going to say about that, so I guess I don't need to share Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, our sowing sets in motion uh, the supernatural. Holy Spirit, I want you to bring that back to my remembrance because I really wanted to share what that was right there. But let's move on. You cannot have faith for what you're not hearing. Listen to me. You cannot have faith for what you're not hearing. Now, I'm going to say it another way. You will be in faith for what you are hearing. Thank you. Now, watch this. Listen to me carefully. Give me your undivided attention. That means that if I'm not hearing anything, I'm in faith for nothing. Did you just catch what I said? I'm going to say it. Listen to it. You cannot have faith for what you're not hearing. 
Oh, I'm believing God for increase. How much are you hearing about increase? Because you can't have faith for what you're not hearing. But I'm going to say it another way. You will be in faith for what you are hearing. Watch this. And to hear nothing is to hear. So you're wondering why you're producing nothing? Because you're not hearing nothing. It's your faith manifesting. What you mad at? Your faith is mad. You're hearing nothing. So your faith is on nothing. Why are you mad? When God going to show up? Are you, are you hearing what you're believing for God to show up in? It's when you get people, you know, they, they, if I ever got to the place where I'm, I'm, I'm challenged in my body, it's a life or death situation, I ain't listening. I don't want to see no TV shows. Don't, I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to look at one single TV show. Nothing. I, I, I'm working on something now, a way that we can, we can get scriptures. I want to, I want to, let me share my vision. I want to come up with a little small, something to look like a little radio, like a little small MP3, but it's made like a radio. Uh, and when a person hit play, all it has on it is healing scriptures. So when we, when we go to hospitals, we take it and we just put it in the room and we just hit play. And all they got to do, we give them some extra AA batteries. And, and all they, when they go to bed, word, healing scriptures. That's all they're hearing. Ruminating their mind, washing their mind with that word. Washing their mind with that word. I wish we could find another way to get it on the television. So all they're hearing, just pat word, word. All they're getting is word. All they're getting is word. All they Because you're going to get in faith for what you're hearing and if you're not hearing anything. So think about people that sitting in the hospital need healing, but you walk in a room and they TV on the price is right. Well, it's going to bring some comfort to your soul, but it'll never get to the sickness. It'll make you feel good about watching a program, but it'll never give you the, med the spiritual medication that you need to mediate the spiritual condition that's going on in your life. So that's all you're watching. Then the doctor come in the room and give you a bad report. So what are you hearing to mitigate or, 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 or presuppose any of that other stuff that you're getting? Gun smoke. You know, we just all we watching just TV shows. I'm just laying up in here. Yeah, you're going to keep laying up in there. And you're, you're going to be, your, your end result is going to be predicated on what the man say and not what a man say and not what the man say because you ain't listening to him enough. I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to us. I'm talking about how we supposed to live. Because that's what you come to church to find out how we supposed to do life. Not how to do life out there, but how we do life out there with God. I want to read that point one more time because if you don't leave with nothing else, this is important right here. You cannot have faith for what you're not hearing. Another way I want to say that is you will be in faith for what you are hearing. So hearing nothing is hearing. So that means that your faith is always moving in one or two directions. It's either moving to the positive or moving to the negative. And to, be, to have no movement is to move to the negative and not to the positive. Another issue, it's not in my notes that's happening though, many of you, you're trying to live off of faith that you heard yesterday or last year. Sometimes that can be the real danger of being in a word church because you get so much word, I give you so much scripture, so you know, you, oh, oh, I got it. But last year's faith got you where you are today. It didn't say, 
that faith cometh by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. That's a present future tense of that. It didn't say faith cometh by having heard and having heard the word of God. That's not what it says. It says faith, watch this. It didn't say it come by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So it paints a picture of you walking with the word on a consistent basis. Not having heard the word. Is this making sense to any of you? Great. Now watch this. Words, because, thank you, I received a thousandfold return. Why is this important, guys? Because words, y'all getting some extra stuff today. Because words are pictures. Words are pictures. They, they are always images being given. Uh, there are always images being given to you through music, conversation, talk, news, etc. As a people of color, we always have, uh, we will always uh, have this association with a lower class or a failure or not being, uh, not being able to live up to simply because of the hue of our skin. We don't see, we, don't, we oftentimes don't see image of many of us acquiring or, or in high leadership or moving in higher levels of living. Watch this. Listen, all of this is speaking. And you have to have something that is saying something else or calling you above all of that. That's why I love uh, uh, our councilman. I, I, sometimes I call him Councilman Penn sometimes, but he's still Pastor Core here at the church because he still got his licenses and stuff like that. But uh, I love seeing Councilman Penn still coming to church and still getting the word. And taking that word, you know, and, and he, he t and, you know, we sit down and he mentors me on, on that political side. And his stories of telling me how he go to the school and the kids are like, they be looking at him like, like, you a councilman? We ain't never seen a councilman at our so what, what immediately, what is, what is that communicating? What is his presence, his picture communicating to them? Possibility. I got somebody else's testimony I want to tell, but I'm going to have to wait till he released me to tell it. Uh, he know who I'm talking to, but if, if we don't ever, if we don't ever get banks and if we don't ever get, well, it, the fact that we got, I know y'all wanted them now, you know, I ain't talking about what the man did, but the fact that he, at least one of us made it that way, well, he ain't the first one actually, but lets us know in our dispensation of time he is, because all of us seen Obama, lets a, it, a possibility, uh, we, we went up to another possibility drop down on the inside of us, because we seen. Are you listening to me? And so there are always, I'm dealing with these words, words paint images. So if you're not letting the word of God paint a God image in you, what is? Now I'm going to show you how powerful words are. Uh, you know, Pastor M grew up. And I'm just telling you, it ain't no shade in them. Pastor M grew up, she used to win all the singing contests because the girl, she still got a beautiful voice. But, you know, when you're younger, that voice will be all over, you know, you all high up in the house and all that type of thing like that. 
So she sang all Whitney Houston stuff and sound just like. As a matter of fact, Pastor M, some of y'all don't know this, but she won uh, Living uh, Living Terry that was with us. We took we went on a trip because when our kids were little, we would always vacation together, and uh, we were in Disney World. And at that time, they were holding American Idol tryouts at Disney World. So you know, done. Uh, digging up, pump, pump her up to go. So she went, and the girl competed, and man, she blew him out the water. That girl saying that, with, oh, I want to dance with. And I'm talking about she was hitting all them notes, man. And the people was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And then she hit that, that, oh, when she went away, and I was like, I got up, I said, yeah, I want to dance with somebody. Like, <laughs> I think, I think they told us not to have no cameras, but I'm gonna tell them. Terry Nunn, he snuck his camera there and recorded it, recorded it and everything. You get what I'm saying? So we had, so we got proof. So the girl won the gold ticket. She won the whole thing, won the gold ticket. She ended up giving it to a student at school to, uh, and told a student to go ahead. They won't know it's not me. It's a gold ticket. It walks you right in. You can try out. She gave it away to a student. I don't know what they did. You know what I'm saying? But I'm proud of the girl. That girl was going to be on American Idol. You know what I'm saying? But God say, nah, your, the, your, right way is your American Idol. <laughs> anyway, we at, we, we, we're at our home. Now, she's a grown woman now. We at our home, we in the kitchen, and uh, I think a playlist was playing, and Whitney Houston, uh, one of her songs was on there, and uh, the song, uh, Saving All My Love For You. Whitney Houston, who I say? I say Whitney Houston? Okay. Saving All My Love For You. So the girl over there cooking up, you know what I'm saying, and she's singing the song, you know, and then she say, Oh! And I'm, I'm like, did it feel good? You know, <laughs> what? You know. She say, now watch this. She had been singing it as a teenager. She say, I can't believe I've been singing this song. Because I'm skipping down on my notes. I'm skipping down on my notes. Uh, consistently hearing the word or the Logos leads to the rhema. I'm, I'm way ahead of my notes now, but I'll back back up and you'll get it since I'm at this illustration. This is where believers miss it. I put a pen right there in my illustration. They have heard the word and thought that just hearing the word alone, that would do it. Uh, it's why many Christians don't get healed, don't prosper, don't forgive, stay bitter, never change, don't grow, and only get half of the whole of what God wants to give them. Why? Because they believe that having heard it was enough. But it's not. Now watch this. She had been winning contests with singing a song, repeating the words, but not knowing the words. And as a grown woman years later, after singing this song all this time, now she gets an understanding of what she had been saying. So that lets me know it wasn't no good just saying if you didn't know what you were saying. And the song is talking about a woman waiting to be with a married man. And that she's saving all her love for a man that's married. Look at you, I see that. you like, oh, look, 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 look. I saw, she was like, oh my God, not Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. Saving all her love. 
The married man, she said, you used to tell me we run away together. That love gives you the right to be free. So in other words, it's saying if you're married, you're in bondage. And then he lied to her. You said, be patient. Just wait a little longer. So she was willing to be a hoe for how long? <laughs> but that's just an old something. Here's the point I'm making it. She didn't know what she was saying. She didn't know. So how many of us come into church and we think we just hear the word and hearing it alone and we go years, we go years, we go years, we go years just checking off that we went to church and heard the word. And it was not until she came into the knowing of what she was hearing and said, oh, I can't sing that. I can't sing that to be married. You know, Beyonce say, I can have another you in a minute. Matter of fact, oh, y'all know the song? So I was waiting on. Now, here's the thing that tripped me out. She said, I can have another one of you. If he going to be here in a minute, she already got another one. <laughs> she already got him. What you mean? Matter of fact, he'll be here. If he already, you know what I mean? Y'all already been talking. He just a text away. The way you started out, it's like you, you'll meet another guy. You know what I'm saying? But if he going to be here in a minute, you not already met him. Y'all going to exchange numbers and everything. Tell her how far he been with you. Now listen to me. I'm going back up. See, if you're not careful, we will. I, I, you, 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 you're smart enough. I, I want to say we got to be careful because we will take on the work of Holy Spirit and call it faith and burn out when faith is a rest. And so, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the word of God. Let's talk about, come on, say the word of God. What, what, what does hearing involve? What does hearing involve? Here it is. Hearing, hearing, the original writing of the New Testament was in Greek, and, and there are two different words that are normally translated or associated with the word word. The first one is logos. Say logos. And then the second one is rhema. Say rhema. Come on, Greek-speaking folk. Y'all got it? Okay, so I want to insert a statement here, but it's going to lead with a question. Anybody ever get tired of faith? Okay, we have, we, uh, Pastor John is going to offer up repentance after the service. Yeah, but let me tell you the reason. The reason you get tired is because, listen, you're trying to work up faith. And you're not letting Holy Spirit help you. You don't work up faith, you walk in faith. You got it? Now, now watch this. If we're not careful, we will take on the work of Holy Spirit. I said that. And then we'll experience burnout. And so let's talk about this Logos word. The, this Logos is the sum of God's sayings. The, the general, it's the general word of God. Logos is the whole Bible. It's just the whole Bible. When we talk about this, it's just Logos. It's the written word. It's the sum of God's saying. You got it? Stick with me. Right now, I'm teaching you the Logos of you being grace to increase. Right? I'm telling and teaching you what the Bible says 
but you have to listen for it yourself to become rhema. It's just logos. But you got to listen. That's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and so you get it one time from me, the teacher, but now you got to hear the second time so it's you and Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit is going to do, he's going to convert it from logos to rhema. Are you listening to me? It's hard. You, you most likely will never produce a logos word because it's something you just heard. It has to become rhema. Back to Pastor M's example. She did not know what she was saying, although she had been hearing it for years. Are you listening to me? Now, now watch this. The problem is you can't stand on the general word only. Now, I know. Just stick with me. Keep that statement in context of the teaching. Don't take that statement and put it on another teaching you've heard. You got to take the statement and keep it in context of what I'm teaching. And I'm teaching you've been grace to increase. And we're talking about the pro how you uh, get this word manifested in your life. Hear it again then. You can't stand on general word only. Now watch this. Hebrews 4 and 2 says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So they heard it, right? That's the logos, right? But the word preached did not profit them. Well, if it could stand on it only, why didn't it profit them just by hearing it? Well, they didn't mix it with faith. Which lets me know it takes more than you just having the general word. Are you with me? Now watch this. Here's what the Amplified Bible says of that same scripture, Hebrews 4 and 2. For indeed we have had the glad tidings, gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning of the entire personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. So they needed to do more than just hear it. Are you with me? Neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard did believe. Now, how do we know? Come on, class, some of you that know Bible history. How do we know or what can we use as a witnessing barometer, if you will, to prove that Joshua and Caleb heard and believed. Okay, they said, okay. What can we use? That's close. They receive, okay. Y'all say, Pastor, just give us the answer, okay. okay. Just wanted to see if you can get it. The only witness, the only thing that we can use to be a witness of their belief is them going to Canaan. Not them having heard that God promised them a land that flowed with milk and honey. Because we've all received the gospel preached of that. But why, had, why because God said it, we don't see it. Moses and them stayed in the wilderness, watch this, seeing it and talking about it. But belief says if, if you believe what you heard, you move in what you heard. So even them saying it, thank God for confession. Confession is to get uh, one form of knowledge of being on the inside of you. But if you don't move, you are just stuck with a confession. One of the main reasons, now you know I'm big on confession. That's what I'm known for in the body of Christ. One of the main reasons for confessing the word is to turn on spiritual intelligence. 
Come on, say, turn on spiritual intelligence. I keep speaking that word. I keep speaking that word. I keep speaking that word, and it, it gets in my mind, renews my mind. It goes down and connect with my spirit, and then my spirit gives back to my mind spiritual intelligence on how to accomplish a thing. That's the purpose of speaking that word. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, there's a story that ain't in my notes of a little uh, engine called the little engine that tried to go up the going up the side of the hill the little engine that could is that what it's called little engine that could I put that in my book and totally forgot what the little engine that could watch this now guess did, did the engine's confession get him up the hill his faith okay great simplify that a little bit more it was his faith because you say that and people hear that in the church and they say it's his faith what was it his confession, okay. Now, I gave y'all the answer to what I'm asking you back up in the five components. So if you don't use the five components, then how are you going to get the answer? Right. Watch this. Watch this. His action in agreement with what he said, not just what he said, because he could have said it and still been at the bottom of the hill, hoping that God would have got him up there. But it was his compliance to what he was saying about himself that got him up the hill. So, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Here's believers. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Y'all are dug it with it. I think I can. It don't work that way. You're going to find another way. I twerk with it. I think I can. I think I can. You're going to find, I think you're going to find some way. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay prostrate. I'm going to fast for 40 days. I think I can. And I'm going to come out my fast. And I've been with the Lord. I think I can. Well, when you, why you been with the Lord and still where you started? Until you, I think I can. You got to apply action. Now the Logos is becoming rhema. It's so simple. It's so simple. It ain't difficult, guys. It ain't difficult. No. Okay, you 11.30. I can't take all my time, but you 11.30 class. I, I don't have no other church after you, so I'm going to I'm I'm add something else to this. Now, watch this. Proverbs 4 and 20 says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Come on, say attend to my word. Now, here, here, here are, here are uh, Logos has four elements. Logos has four elements. We'll close with this. It has four elements involved. And then the rhema word, the living part of that word, will come out of the Logos. I'm taking you a long route because if I get you up on the interstate the right way, you'll never have to get back off of it. Are you listening to me? And so here are those four elements. Logos. We're talking about this written word. You want to get it. You come into church, but you got to get it. It has four elements involved. Four elements involved. Come on, say four elements. Here's the first element. I'm going to give them to you, then we'll go back and explain them. Number one, it takes attending. Come on, say attending. Number two, it takes inclining. Say inclining. Number three, it takes focusing. Say focusing. And then number four, it takes meditating. Say, say meditating. Now here it is. Listen. Say attending. That was the first one. Here's what attending is. It's giving close, undivided attention to what God is saying by excluding all distractions. We don't do that enough. Goes back to my illustration about a person being challenged in their lives, and they're not, they're, they're not getting the word for the challenge. 
They're getting everything else. But you got you to gotta give close, undivided attention to what God is saying by excluding all distractions. Like if you were to look at the run of my day right now, all I, I got a book that I'm reading, a construction manual. I'm reading about building. I'm getting ready for the Purpose Summit. All I, I went back and picked up my book, Living on Purpose. I'm redigesting that book again myself. You get what I'm saying? You've got to give uh, focus and avoid all distractions. That's, what, that's what's called attending. You want to get out of debt? Then you got to give focus on finances. Amen. You will not change what you tolerate. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number two, you got to, this logos, inclining. Come on, say inclining. It means to adopt a humble, a humble teachable spirit. Now, I think this is so important and, and, and vitally important to the church. Now, this, this statement I'm about to make is not um, cultic. It's not, I, well, I'll, let me preface it by this example, then I'll, I'll say what I want to say. Pastor M and I have four kids together, and there was a season in raising our kids that we did not let them stay at other people's homes. And even with our family members, we go do what we needed to do. Not that we didn't trust them. We'd go do what we need to do, and we we go get our kids because we felt like they were our kids. Are you listening to me? There's a season of parenting that your kids don't stay with other people. Some parents don't even let other folk touch their kids. For now, I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think what what what's happening in that moment is that child has to develop its ear for its parent's voice. That child needs time with its parents' touch only. That child needs time uh, under its parents' tutelage. You got it? Because that parent, it's its first, uh, the parent's first job to set that moral standard or rather that moral compass on the inside of that child. And if the parent just allows that child to go out into any household, just around anybody, well, now the, the, the moral compass of that child is all over the place. So the purpose of it being with the parent for a while is so that those boundaries are set. Now when that child goes out, that child has boundaries set on the inside of them of what and what not to do. Does that make sense? Well, it's the same way in the kingdom of God, but we don't respect it. Like some of you that are new the right way. Some of you, you know, you, you come out of other religious denominations. They got no problem with them. And you're here. The Lord led you here. The Lord assigned you here. Well, how do you leave me? And, I ain't got, and I'm not saying the other people aren't good. But do you see yourself now being a child and you need to get used to your dad's voice? You need your dad to, to reset that moral spiritual compass on the inside of you and the boundaries of that compass, but that's not often what we do. We'll leave here and go to church four more times on social media. And so if I'm telling you God wants you blessed, but you go over there to the other church on social media and they tell you you got to suffer with everything and you want all that extra, God told you to have just enough, well, you don't know what to believe because you're not inclining. Man, let me tell you something. When I was under Dr. Roberts, I, if, if you invite me to your church, I ain't coming. If, if it's on a, on a night when ain't nothing going on. But I'm, I'm fresh at this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm raw metal. And I understand if I just go get to listen to anything, I'm going to be shaped all in the kind of way. So I'm sitting up under this one man. This man is getting faith in me. He's teaching me how to trust God. He's centering me on God. I ain't going to no other stuff. But that's not how we treat our lives, and we wonder why our spirit is all over the place. 
Not only are we trying to get stuff out of us from where God pulled us from, now we're here and I'm trying to get it in you or whoever, you know, at the church, if you're you're visiting, whatever new church you're at, they're trying to get it in you, but you feel like this is my life and I'm going to do. So you just take, you know, I don't even go eat at every restaurant. Certain places I go because I know I can get consistency there. Oh, look how quiet it got up in here. And I know at first it sounded a little cultic, but it's not cultic because you don't do your regular. You don't consider it cultic when, you, when people say, oh, your new baby, can I hold him? You say no. <laughs> no, not right now. It's delicate. You got to see your spirit as being delicate. It's delicate right now, and I got I to take care of it right now, and I just can't have a whole bunch of different stuff speaking into me right now. Like for years, we heard, uh, be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And for years, we thought that meant saved or unsaved. That scripture don't mean saved or unsaved. Matter of fact, don't even try to use it for saved or unsaved. I want you to think about that. You're God's child. You're God's child. And the moment you become lukewarm, God will spew you out of his mouth. It's, it's, it's contending with other scriptures when he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So how I become lukewarm in something, because I'm a child and I'm growing, so I'm going to have some lukewarm moments. But every time I become lukewarm as your child, you're going to spew me out of my mouth. Who would want to stay connected to a daddy like that? So don't even take it and try to compare it to me. That scripture is not talking about being saved or unsaved. That scripture, come come on, think about it. If it's his goodness that leads to repentance, which means he tried to draw the sinners by being good to them, he ain't never spewing them out of his mouth. He said, I'll be good to them. So how do I become your child? You was real good to me when I was a sinner. Ooh, you was coming after me when I was a sinner. I become your child in the moment I get a little lukewarm. You spew me out, but keep reaching for the people that's not yours. You help me make sense of that. That's, that would be no different than if I had Darius, Kirsten, Kyra, Kennedy, Joe, and Jaden living in my house, and they hungry. I cook a meal and take it to the people across the street and say, you figure out how you're going to eat. You just discredited me as a father, didn't you? Yeah, I know you did. Why you don't discredit God? Why you say, he God, and if he put me in this situation, (laughs) how you blame God for putting you in that situation? That ain't him. So sometimes you need time with one person so you can just kind of get all that stuff out of you and learn and learn what true moral, what the true spiritual moral compass is supposed to be like in your life. And some things in the Bible of absolute that we all have to abide by. Some things are going to be lawful but not expedient for some of us. God may say yes to you and some and say no to me and something. And so I, I got to reshape that in your life so that you're God-led and not emotionally driven. And so that you're not led by other men's convictions. But you now know what convictions God put on your life for you. Because we can tend to indoctrinate things that other people, like I had a woman told me one time, uh, women don't supposed to wear makeup. I said, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, I was watching something uh, on TV and a woman had all this stuff on, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me, don't you ever put that stuff on your face. I said, oh, you j- I just found out. The Lord didn't say that women couldn't. He said you couldn't. So how did you get in your pulpit and indoctrinate that to all women? God told you not to put that red lipstick on because he know how you get to acting with that red lipstick on. (laughs) You can't make every woman you. God told me don't ever dress like that. Well, God told you not to dress like that because he know your twist get a little stronger when you dress like that. So, so, so don't, don't, don't. You don't take. 
You don't take like like that that stuff a sin. I don't never I don't never listen to that. What God told you, brother, not to listen to it, because He know when you listen to it, that henny get to rising up in you. So He told you not to listen to it. Because he know what it arouses in you. But you can't get up and indoctrinate that for everybody. That's your personal conviction. Am I preaching up in here? Am I preaching up in here? I ain't no. I don't. God, like we, back in the day we told, don't, marble, marble not. Well, the scripture didn't say don't play marbles. M-A-R-B-L-E. It said marble. That's M-A-R-B-E-L. But somebody that couldn't read said, thought it meant marble. So you going to these football games, you playing these sports, they all from the devil. No, not if you correct the way you heard the word. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I got to get y'all out of here. Say focusing. That's the next element. Focusing means not allowing my eyes to wander the statements of others that conflict with the word. See, I know I'm, I'm not liked in the city of Mobile in some areas. It's Okay. I answered to God, not the man. God told me to preach prosperity and get his people out of Egypt, so I agree with God. I'm going to stay true to God. What he say, no matter what other people say. And if you don't believe God's people are supposed to be prosperous, what do you believe they're supposed to be? Because if you rule prosperity out the table, then what's left? Think about that. Let that be, let that, let that be a woosah moment for you. If God don't want us to prosper, then take prosperity off the table and everything that's associated with it, what's left on the table? So is that what he want me to have? Well, then you keep going to that. You keep listening to that. And then, matter of fact, quit your job. Because on every Friday, you expect prosperity. You hypocrite. If you don't believe in it, work. Then when they sign the check, sign it, give it back. But the moment you receive it, you become a hypocrite of your own belief. Matter of fact, you so much of a hypocrite that you'll take extra hours too. So you believe in prosperity. You hypocrite. I'm talking about you don't believe in it, but you went and worked 72 hours. That don't make no sense. <laughs> that don't make no sense, do it. <laughs> that don't make no sense. That dum, 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 dum. That don't make a lick of sense. You don't believe in prosperity, but you go get an extra job. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> we, so, we be sound. I don't think we understand how we be sounding sometimes. The last one is meditation. Come on, say meditation. So this meditation is pondering the word throughout the day. You got you to stay with that word. You got to let that word ruminate your mind throughout the day. Letting that word of God run. God, I just thank you, Lord. I'm blessed and not cursed, Lord. Healed and not sick, Lord. I just thank you, Father. You got it? And so consistently hearing the Logos will, will lead to the rhema. Now, I got y'all where the other class is at, 830 class. So I'll finish this out with them on next week. I'm going to read this statement again. Consistently hearing the word will lead to the rhema. So you got to consistently hear this word, right? Now, this scripture, this scripture, a scripture can say, can give you a truth. But you need to be able to live out that truth. As a pastor, I can give you a testimony of how I lived out that truth from that scripture. And there are principles. See, when the Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience, it's not saying do what I did. It's saying, listen to me long enough so you find the principle that I activated. So the operation of the principle is what we all will do, but we may not all do the operation of the principle the same way. The operation of that principle, the way that God wants you to do it, is what's called rhema.
So I'm confessing I'm out of debt. My needs are met. I have plenty more to put in store. God, I think I'm out of debt. My needs are met. I have plenty more to put in store, Father. Oh, God, I give you glory. God may then, that word will become rhema. God will say, okay, I need you to cut this off. I need you to do this. I need you to lessen that plan on this. I need you to do this right here. He'll give me something because now that word is not rhema. He's showing me how to get what I've been saying. You got it? Someone else, God may say, same principle, right, principle of operation. God may say, call this person on the phone and go sit down with them because they may want to look over your finances, which the other person can do that too, but they, they, they may be all right with their finances. They just don't. So God may tell them to shut some stuff down because it's, it's not that you're not disciplined. You got too much stuff going out. So let's work this in. God may say to someone else, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you personally, I want you to go do a consolidation of all your bills and I want you to take one loan and you're going to pay all of those back with the one loan and now you only have one bill that you're responsible for as a month and then I'm going to breathe on it and I'm going to get you a low interest rate and then I'm going to breathe on your finances from your giving and bring more money to your hand and you're going to pay less on it and you're going to pay it off early. Now, look look what we were, all three of those persons, look what they were working from. They were working from the one logos. My needs are met. I'm out of debt. I have plenty more to put in store. They were working off that one logos. But look how it became rhema individually to each one of them. Does that make sense? And this is where the church mostly misses it because we don't spend enough time with the logos so that it can become rhema. So that God can give us the plan of action of how to make what we're saying or what we heard come to pass in our lives. So what we have in the church is a lot of clones. Everybody trying to do it the same way when everybody's situation is different. We still using that one same word, but the way God may want to use that word in your situation may be totally different to how God want to use that word in my situation. And that's why you got to get with that word again. I just, I, he just dropped a revelation to me concerning the building of the building that was so profound. It was right there all the time. I got back to, I mean, I've always been, but I just kind of been eating more of the word, more of the word, more of the word. Spiritual intelligence kicked in. And I was like, for real, God, I really didn't want to do that. But okay, if that's where you got it at, I got to do it the way you got it because the provision isn't how you told me to do it. Amen. That's what we all got to know. So stop making church just a place you come and check off. You got to come here with an expectation. That's why my prayer is always, Lord, give them eyes to see and ears to hear. Because I could be saying one thing, but if your ears are open to hear, you'll hear something totally different. One me, two plus hundred of y'all in the room, and you'll hear something totally different. I'm saying the same thing to everybody, but at the same time, God is speaking to all of our individual situations. And you'll hear. That that you're hearing is the rhema word to you. Sometimes some murmur, well, they go, oh, <laughs> that's a rhema. That's a rhema. She heard something. She, and y'all, y'all like, well, what did he say? Well, see, <laughs> I know y'all, but well, what did he say was that good? Well, it, that wasn't your rhema right there. Somebody get up and run. Somebody's. That's their rhema right there. What you need to be an expectation of is your rhema. Are you listening to me? So it is the will of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God that you prosper. 
It is the will of God that you increase. Lack should not be a part of the believer's life. And God is committed to get you out, even out of situations that you brought upon yourself. That's how committed our God is to us. That I'm going to get you out of stuff that you brought on yourself if we would just partner with him. If we would receive this grace that God has made available for you and I to increase. And listen, I'm not just talking about increase financially. I'm talking about there's a grace for you to increase in whatever area of your life you need. Some of you need relational grace. You need grace to trust again. You've been in a broken relationship and I may be done with women. I may be done with men. I'm tired. Well, 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 there's a grace available for you to get all the love back that you lost, to regain all the trust back that you feel like you lost, to heal you from the brokenness that you've experienced and get you back centered for the next person. Hopefully, the next person be the last person because the grace is going to show you how to do it right this time. That's a grace made available for that. That's a grace made available if your finances are going. That's a grace. God, God has obligated himself to take care of and to be involved in every area of our lives. Not some areas of our lives. Every area of our lives. But do you believe? No, listen to that. Listen to that. God, listen to me, has obligated and committed himself to be involved in the success of every area of our lives. No, I don't, I don't think you heard that. I don't, I don't think you catch that. I need you to hear it. I don't need your response. I need you to get that down in your spirit. God has obligated and committed himself to be involved in the success of every area of your life. Listen, God is so concerned about you so concerned about us that he even tell us how to take care of our dogs. The Bible says if he concerned about the lilies of the field, how much more he put an ecosystem in place so that grass could grow. A system where they can go in the ground during the cold so they wouldn't die. Come back out the next season and be green again. Leaves could fall off so new leaves could. He put a system in place for the ecosystem. Don't you know he put a system in place for the very thing that he made in his image and in his likeness too? Can we believe him for it though? Can we trust him for it? Will we commit to his way? He that come of the God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. That's where the issue lies. I don't believe God got my best at heart. Well, 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 you're going to be in trouble coming. <laughs> you're going to be in trouble coming if you don't believe he got your best at heart. Because he said, if you're going to come to me, you can't believe I'm, I'm a, I, I do discipline. But you got to believe that anything I do is for reward. Come on. Anything I do, if I tell you no, I ain't trying to hurt you. I'm trying to reward you. I may be trying to reward you by keeping you from a hurt that you would get because I can see around the corner and you can't. So it looks good down the street, but when you turn that corner, it's going to get bad. So I'm saying no because I can see around the corner and you can't. So can you trust me that my no is your reward? Can you trust me that my no's are rewards? Because I'm a rewarder of them who diligently seek me. 
I'm not a punisher. I'm a reward. So it may feel like punishment, but just wait till it's over. It's really a reward. It don't seem like it right now because I'm keeping you back from something you want to do. But if you would trust me, you will see in the end. God was trying to reward me the whole time. It just didn't feel like that starting out. But can we trust him? I'm done. This is the last thing I'm going to close on. You know why we don't trust him like that? Watch this. Because the logos wasn't given to us like that about him. <laughs> we didn't go to church hearing that he was a good God. He was good until you did wrong. <laughs> then he'll put you on your, on your back to get your attention. Well, wait a minute. How could he be rewarded and put me on my back too? But the moment you become resolute and, man, my God is good and everything he does, even his nose are good. The moment you become resolute in that, you'll trust him. You'll rock with him. You'll run it. Come on, God, run it. Because you know at the end of it all, it's a reward. It's hard to trust a person when you can't trust their word. It's hard to move with a person when you can't trust their word. And I'm just convinced we haven't been taught to trust his word. Say this with me. Father, I thank you that I'm graced to increase the grace of God, the favor of God, the power of God, the ability of God to do the supernatural. It's on my life. My hands are anointed to prosper. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. I'm a winner and not a loser. With God, I always win in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I give my life to you. I put you back in your seat. You lead me. You guide me. You are the potter. I'm the clay. You're the pen, and I'm the paper. I'm following your lead because I know that you lead me in green pastures for your namesake. You lead me beside still waters. You lead me to my wealthy place. So God, lead me and I'll follow. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.